We begin the Gemara today on Daf Lamet Ches Aleph, towards the top of the Amud, where it says, Omashmul. So the Gemara here is speaking about the halacha of Erev Tchumen on Yontif, as far as it relates to any objects that you want to move from one place to another on Yontif, and the object is owned by one individual, and then uh, there's someone else that's using it, or borrowing it, or you give it to a shepherd, or a buyer, various different cases that the Mishnah discussed. So the Gemara brings here another halacha. An ox that belongs to a fattener. These are people that fatten the oxes with the intention to sell them. And everybody knows about this. They have a name that they sell oxen. And people come from not only this city, but from all around to buy these oxen. So then, So the tchum of these oxen, even someone that bought it on Yontif, the tchum will be determined according to the buyer, not according to the fattener, which is the seller, because from before Yontif, he didn't intend to keep it for himself. He's selling it to people from his own city, people from many other surrounding cities that are coming to buy from him. So this was what it was destined for even when Yontif came in, and therefore the tchum will go according to the buyer. But if it's a shayr shel raya, if it's an ox that belongs to a shepherd, so as Rashi says, a shepherd usually keeps the oxen for himself, but sometimes, from time to time, he sells. But even if he sells, who buys from him? Only people from his city. People from surrounding cities don't know about him. He doesn't have a name that people come to buy from him. So even if you're going to say that people from his own city intended to buy from him and he intended to sell to them, but not the people from surrounding cities that don't know of him. So therefore, Harehu Ragle if people buy from him, so then the tchum is going to be measured according to the people of that city that you can go there tchum. But if someone from a different city comes to buy from him, so then you can't establish the tchum according to that person because when Yontif came in, that's not something that was planned or intended because like I said, the Roya is someone that people from far away don't know of him. So the next thing it said in our Mishnah. If you borrow a keli from your friend from before Yontif, so then the tchum follows the status of the borrower. You already borrowed it from before Yontif, so it's in your possession then. Isn't this obvious? Of course, if it's already in your possession from before Yontif, so why should it not be according to the status of your tchum? So the Gemara answers, The Chiddush in our Mishnah is in the following case. That you spoke to the lender about borrowing this keli before Yontif, but you didn't actually borrow it until Yontif itself. So now the tema I would think to say, that when Yontif came in, he didn't yet place it into your possession. So even though you spoke to him about this and you made up that you're going to borrow it, but since it's not yet physically in your possession, it should still retain the trom of the of the lender. Kamash Malon, that's the Chiddush of our Mishnah. Once they made this up before Yontiv, that's what it was designated for. And therefore it follows the Tchom of the borrower, even though he only actually got it on Yontiv. So this Pshad in our Mishnah here is a raya to what Rabbi Yechanan said. Rabbi Yechanan said this halacha. If you borrow a keli from your friend from before Yomtev, even if the, the lender didn't actually give it to you until Yomtev itself, it gets the tchum of the borrower since they already had made this up from before Yomtev, so it, fa- it follows the borrower's tchum. 
The next halacha said in the Mishnah, B'yomtif, if he borrowed it on Yomtif itself, K'raglei HaMashal. So then it follows the Tchom of the Mashal, of the, uh, of the lender, since he borrowed it only on Yomtif. Isn't this obvious as well? And Rashi explains that what this mission over here means is that they only spoke about this on Yontif. Just like in the Reisha we said that the case with the borrower borrowed before Yontif means that he didn't actually physically receive the Kali before Yontif. But they spoke about it before Yontif. So here, in the next part of the Mishnah, where it says that he borrowed it on Yontif, so that means that not only did he receive the Kali Yontif, but they only spoke about it on Yontif. So if so, obviously, if only on Yontif they spoke about it, so when the time Yontif came in, it has the Tchum of the owner, of the, of the lender. So it's obvious that it has this Tchum. So the Gemara answers, the Chiddush over here is, the Rogel Vishal Minei. This borrower is always accustomed to borrowing from this person. So now the Teime, so therefore I would think to say, even before you actually came and spoke to him about it to you, He's expecting that you're going to come and, and ask to borrow this, and therefore he already in his mind intended that it's going to be lent to you, and he already places it into your possession, and therefore it follows the tchom of the borrower that's always accustomed to borrow from him. Kamash Malan, so therefore the Mishnah is telling me that we can't rely on such a svara. Why not? Because we can say, Meima Omar, the lender, the owner, says to himself, Dilma Mashke he didn't come to me before Yomtev. Maybe he found someone else to borrow this Kaili from. So I'm not going to be lending him this Kaili this time around. So I'm not intending to give it to him for this Yomtev. Again, He found somebody else and he borrowed from someone else. So therefore, even if it's someone that's accustomed to borrowing from you, but if you did not speak to him explicitly before Yomtev, it will follow the Tchum of the owner because at the time that Yomtev came in, it was his, and he didn't speak to him at all about it. The next thing it said in the Mishnah is, A woman that borrows from her friend's ingredients. She has her dough, and she borrows whether water or salt for her uh, dough. Or then the Mishnah said she borrowed the uh, spices for the cooking. So what did the Mishnah say? The Tchom will follow both her own Tchom, for the ingredients that she's putting into the cooking, and her friend's tchum, uh, which is for the salt or water or uh, or the spices. So the Gemara now shares the following incident. Kisalik Rab Abba, when Rab Abba was heading out to Eretz Yisrael, or when he was already on the way, Rashi says. So Omar he said as follows: Yehirave, let it be the will of Hashem. The Eimim Milse the Tiskabel that I should be able to say something to the Chachamim there in Eretz Yisrael when I arrive there that they should accept my words. So what happened? So here, as we'll see in the Gemara, the Mishnah, this halach of the Mishnah came up, and Rab Abba said something about it, and a huge discussion will ensue over here in the Gemara about this. Before we go into the actual Gemara, let me just frame the, the what the Gemara is going to be speaking about over here so we have a little bit of an introduction what's going on. It's a little bit of a complex piece of Gemara over here. Everybody knows of the concept of Bittl Bereiv when it comes to something which is Asr and something which is Mutter. So if you have something which is Asr that falls into something which is Mutter and there's a Reiv there, there's a majority against this, so it becomes bottle. That's the Allah of Bittl Bereiv. Now, the question is, does Bittl Bereiv apply to ownership? When you have ownership of something, 
and that thing that's owned falls into something else that's owned by someone else. Could I say the concept of bitl b'rayv there as well? So, I mean, obviously, you would say, of course not. What do you mean? For example, if I own $200 and then someone else's $100 falls and gets mixed into this $200, so I can say to the owner, well, your $100 got mixed into my $200, it's bottle b'rayv, goodbye, I don't owe you the money. Of course you don't say such a thing. But now let's think about Eid of Tchumen. So over here, it's, it's a more complex issue. By Eid of Tchumen, if you would want to uh, apply the concept of Bittl Bereif, which is very relevant to the case we're speaking about over here, you have the dough, and then you're mixing in some salt or some water from the friend. So the water and the salt is a minority. The main ingredients of the dough is what this woman had for herself. So we're dealing with a case of Bittl Bereif. But now the question over here is, what is this concept of Eid of Tchumen? Is this a Isser concept where Bittl Bereif should apply? Is this an ownership concept where Bittl Bereif should not apply? On one hand, is it the Tchumen is an Isser. It's a question of Isser. I'm not allowed to walk out of my Tchum. And the question is, how do I determine that Tchum? According to one person, according to another person, it's a subject of Isser. On the other hand though, but how do you determine a tchum? You determine the tchum by the owner, by ownership. According to the owner, if I am the owner when the time Yantiv comes in, that determines the tchum of this object. So doesn't the ownership determine the tchum? And if ownership determines the tchum, isn't ownership something that does not become bottle? Now, it goes a step further. This seemingly obvious rule that when it comes to ownership, there is no such a thing as bitl b'rayv, it's not necessarily so simple. If there's an issue of bitl b'rayv that you want to apply to ownership in a case where you're going to steal money from someone, to someone that's claiming the money and you want to take away money from someone. So obviously there's no concept of bitl b'rayv there. But how about if you want to apply the concept of bitl b'rayv regarding ownership and it doesn't affect anybody's uh, claim on this money. It's not, it's not going to affect anybody's claim. So maybe you could apply the concept of Bittl Beraiv even regarding ownership as long as it doesn't affect anybody's claim. So that's uh, yet an- another, another way to look at it. So over here when it comes to the Tchumen, you're not going to be affecting anybody's rights of ownership or claim that they have in it. So this is just a little bit to frame the discussion of the Gemara that's coming up over here. There's obviously more details and more in the structure of the Gemara, but just to keep this in mind of what's coming here, so the Gemara will flow. So now what happened? So Kisalik, when Rab Abba actually came to Eretz Yisrael, Ashkechel, Rab Yechenen, Rab Chanina Bar Papi, Rab Zayde. He found all of these Amiraim sitting together. Others say that it was Rabbi Vahu, and Rabbi Shemib and Pazi, and Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha. And they were sitting and they were saying, they asked the following question on our Mishnah here regarding this case where the woman was making a dough and she was also using ingredients of water or salt for the dough from her friend. And what did the Mishnah say? That the Tchum follows both. You have to follow the Tchum of, the, of this lady that put in the main ingredients for the dough and also the Tchum of the one that she borrowed from the water and the, or the salt. So the question was, am I, why do you have to follow the Tchum of this water or the salt? Shouldn't that water or salt, which is the minority of the ingredients here, become bottle? Just like the concept we always have of Bittl Beraiv. In other words, their approach was, we're dealing with a subject of an Isser. 
the Isr of Tchumen, where you're allowed to walk to on Yantif. So when, regarding a subject of Isr, there should be a concept of Bittl Beraiv, and therefore you should say that the main ingredients of the dough establishes where the Isr is, and the water and the salt is, is rendered uh, insignificant. That was their question. So Amalu Rababe, Rababe answered them, and he said, and he gave the following example. What happens if you have a person that has one kav, a certain measure of wheat, and that one measure of meat got mixed into ten kavin of wheat that his friend has? So that now it, it got mixed. Now here, what's the issue? Here there's no iser involved. Here it's a question of money, monetary rights, the ownership over here of this one kav of chitin. They got mixed into the ten kav of chitin from his friend. So now, yoichel halav So this individual could now eat and just be happy and say to his friend, sorry, your kav of chitin got mixed into mine. It's bottle beroiv. I don't have to return it to you. Of course you don't say that. It's a matter of ownership. And therefore, it belongs to him. There's no such a thing as bitl beraiv if there's somebody that's claiming this, the rights of this money that it belongs to him. So in essence, what Ababa was trying to say to these Chachamim was, over here in the Mishnah, since when it comes to Tchumen, you determine the Tchum according to the ownership of this, of this object. So therefore, over here, regarding ownership, there's no such a thing as bitl beraiv. That's what he really intended to say. Okay, but what happened? Achichu alei. These Chachamim laughed at his answer. They didn't accept it. Not only they didn't accept it, they laughed at him. Amaluhu, Rababe was, was very uh, embarrassed by this. He says, Gulsaychu shakli. I took your garment away from you that you're laughing from me. They continued laughing at him. They did not at all accept the premise of his answer. We see over here an interesting thing. Uh, that uh, Abaya's tefillah, that he davened, that his uh, words of Torah should be accepted by the Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael, was not accepted. The Chassam Seifer says that the reason is because when Abaya said that he's, what was the language that he said in his tefillah? He said, Yeheirava, the Eime Milsa de Tiskabel. should help that the words of Torah that I say should be received well. So the Chassam Seifer says, Abai should have rather said, Yehei that the words that I say should be true, that I should be mechaven alamis. The fact that he said that my words should be received, so to some degree, to some subtle degree, we're dealing with Abai over here, or with Rabbi that is, he was thinking about his words being received. And therefore, his tefillah was not accepted. As we see, not only wasn't accepted, the exact reverse happened. They laughed at him. But now, as I said, there'll be a long discussion over here regarding this subject. So what in fact is this issue of Tchumen and when we're dealing with Bittl Beroiv regarding the ingredients of the Tchumen? Is this a matter of Iser? Is this a matter of ownership? And even if it is a matter of ownership, maybe it should be bottle, maybe it should not be bottle. But before we come to that discussion, there's another question that Rav Oishia asks, and as the Mepharshim explained, the Rishayim explained, the Meiri explains, that Rav Oishia sort of misunderstood what Abaye was intending to say, and therefore he asks a completely different question. Let's see. So Amar Rav Oishia, Rav Oishia says, Shapir These Chachamim were right that they laughed at his answer. And the, and, the, and the reason they laughed is as follows. 
Why, when he gave an example for these Chachamim, did he give an example of wheat getting mixed into wheat? Why didn't he give an example of wheat getting mixed into barley? Okay, so now the basis of what Rabbi Ishi is speaking about, as Rashi brings, and the Gemara quotes here, is the Machlekes of Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanon in the Gemara and Menachis regarding this halacha of Bittl Beraif. The Rabbi Yehuda, that is, holds that Bittl Beraif does not apply when it's a Min Biminai. When there are two of the same type that one falls into the other, there's no Bittl Beraif. He learns it from a Pasik. Whereas the Chachamim all, Bittl Beraiv applies whether it's Mim Biminai, whether it's Mim B'Sha'ini Minai, it doesn't matter. There's always Bittl Beraiv. Rabbi Shia understood that what Rabbi Abba was trying to say with his example was, with Chitin, falling into Chitin, he was giving them an example of two of the same Min, and he was trying to say to them that in our Mishnah, we consider it to be a case of Min B'Minai, and therefore, over here, Bittl Beraiv does not apply. That's what he was trying to say. In other words, not the point that I said before that he was saying regarding the difference between an Isser matter or an ownership matter. Rather, he was focusing on the fact that according to Rabbi Yehuda, there is no Bittl Beroiv when it's Min Biminai. That, that's uh, what he was saying. So therefore, what Rabbi Ishiya asks on that is as follows. Why did Rab Abba not give an example of wheat falling into barley? Because that's one type falling into a different type. And in a case where it's one min and another min, there everybody agrees, even Rabbi Yehuda agrees, that it's going to be bottle. If so, even if it's wheat and wheat and it's the same min, even if it's true that according to Rabbi Yehuda, Min b'minoi is not bottle, but we don't pass it like Rabbi Yehuda. Le'rabbanon miftel bottle. According to the Rabbanon, just like by a min b'she'ene minoi there's bittel b'raiv, by a min b'minoi there's also bittel b'raiv. So therefore in our Mishnah, even if you're going to consider the water and the salt falling into the, or being included in the ingredients of this dough to be min b'minoi, it should still, it should still be bottle, according to the opinion of the Rabbanon. And the truth is that the Rishayim discussed this, that over here, this itself, that the water and the salt with the other ingredients of the dough should be considered to be min biminoi in itself is not such a pashta thing. I mean, simply, it's not exactly min biminoi. You have flour, then you have water, and then salt. It's not the same min. But even if you're going to say because ultimately it gets mixed together and it makes up one dough, so it is considered to be min biminoi, still, Rabbi Ishi is asking, we paskin like the Chachamim, that min biminoi is bottle. So therefore, the bittel should apply here as well. So Rabbi Ishiya apparently held, like the, the premise of the Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael, that when it comes to Tchumen, it's obviously a question of Isra. Till where is the Isra that I can go with this Isra of Tchumen? Elamai, so the question is, if so, it should be bottle. So he understood the only way Rabbi Abbas could be answering this is that maybe it's considered to be Min Biminoi. And therefore, he asks the question, but min bimina is also bottle, because we pasken like the Rabbonan. That's Rabbi Ishiya's question. But now, Rav Safra responds to Rabbi Ishiya and says, no, I disagree. Rabbi Abba has a point. Omele Rav Safra, so Rav Safra says to Rabbi Ishiya, Moshe, Shaper, Ka'omrit. So Moshe Rashi says, is a name, is a, is a terminology used as a shvua. He's saying like in the, in the, the name of Moshe. I swear in the name of Moshe. Shape Ka'omrit is what you're saying true? 
In other words, this, this question that these Chachamim had on the Mishnah, that it should be bottled b'roiv is a good question, and Rababe's point was not a good point. And I brings him the following, and here, as we'll see, the main point that Rav Safra is going to try to make is that when it comes to, the matter, to, to matters of ownership, there is no concept of bitl b'roiv. He brings a very specific example, and I'll explain soon what the reason for this specific example is, but this is the main point of what he's trying to say. That you misunderstood what Rab Abba was saying. Rab Abba was trying to say that Tchumen is determined by ownership. And therefore, regarding the ownership, you have the two ingredients that are two different ownerships. There is no concept of Bittl Beraiv. So let's see the example that he brings. Did you not hear what Rab Chia said in the name of Rab? If you go and you select out the pebbles from a person's pile, a pile of, of grain. Now, seemingly you might say, pebbles? All I took out was pebbles. What are pebbles? They're negligible. They have no value to it. But it's not so. And if you take out those pebbles, then you have to pay him back, not the value of those pebbles, but you have to pay him back the value of the wheat, of grain that you took out. Why? Alma, what I see from this is kilo chasre, that you have diminished the the measure of this. You have diminished the measure of this grain that this person would sell. As Rashi explains, when you come to sell this grain and it's going to be weighed and there's a certain amount of pebbles that are always mixed into fresh grain that was just taken from the ground, so that pebbles adds to the weight of it. And when you went and picked out all those pebbles, so now the owner of this grain loses all his money. Uh, not all, he loses that amount of weight from those pebbles that you took out. So even though the pebbles seem to be negligible, and you might come and say, hey, those pebbles, the bottle b'roiv, I took out just a little bit, it's nothing. But the fact is it takes away a certain amount of weight. So there's an ownership here, there's money, monetary value that you took away. So you can't say bottle b'roiv, even if it's that negligible like pebbles. So if so, the same thing over here, ho chanami over here as well, kilo chasre. If you're going to apply the concept of bitl b'roiv over here regarding this salt or this water that might in your eyes be negligible in contrast to most of the ingredients. You might say it's bitl b'roiv and it's negligible and therefore it's not that we shouldn't pay attention to it. No, but no, if you're going to be mevatel that b'roiv, so then you're taking something that has ownership there's someone that she borrowed this from and there's ownership to this and you're considering it like nothing. Regarding ownership, we don't say bitl b'raiv. So the point that Rav Safra was trying to say is since over here we're dealing with Tchumen and the Isra of Tchumen is determined by ownership, regarding ownership there's no such a thing as bitl b'raiv. The reason why he's bringing specifically this example of the pebbles is because he wants to make the point, even if he's going to say that it's something that's not only it's its ownership, but it's something that's very negligible, like those pebbles, but nevertheless, it doesn't matter how small it is. The fact is, it has a certain value and therefore it never becomes bottle by when it comes to ownership. The same thing over here with the salt. It doesn't matter how little the salt might have been mixed into it. The fact is the salt has someone's ownership in it. And that's what the term is, the of Tchumen. It can't be bottle b'roiv. There's no such a thing. So therefore there is no bittel b'roiv when it comes to this matter of of Tchumen. That's what Rav Safra says. Omalei Abaye. So Abaye argues with Rav Safra's point. Abaye says, look, this whole idea over here, that when it comes to ownership, there's no such a thing as bitl b'roiv. You know why that is? Because you're taking someone's money. There's someone that's claiming this money. That's the issue. 
According to you, Terav Safra, is there no difference when you're dealing with ownership of money, where there's someone that's claiming this money? To a situation where there's money, true, there's a matter of money, of ownership here, but it's not money that anybody is claiming here. That's not the issue of stealing or anyone that's claiming this money. So what, what, what uh, Abai is saying is, Rav Safra made the point, the concept of Bittl Beroiv applies only to strictly issues of Isra When it comes to a matter of ownership, there's no concept of Bittl Beroiv whatsoever. Comes Abai and says, no, I disagree. You could apply the concept of Bittl Beroiv to concept of Isr, and you could apply the concept of Bittl Beroiv regarding a concept of ownership as well. That a small ownership that's bottled to the Roiv of the ownership will be bottled. When do you say that by ownership there's no such a thing as bittel b'raiv? If there's someone that's claiming monetary loss here, like in that example that Rav Safra brought, where there's pebbles, even if it's bottle b'raiv and the rest of the grain there, but there's this actual monetary loss that he had here because now the weight is less, so there's real monetary loss that he's claiming. So over there, there's no bittel b'raiv. But over here, when it comes to the aid of Tchumen, there's no monetary loss that we're dealing with over here. Over here, you're borrowing the salt, you're borrowing the water to put into the ingredients. You're going to pay it back to her after Yom Tif. That's a separate thing. Of course, you're going to give it back to her after Yom Tif. Over here, we're dealing with the Isra of Tchumen. And the question is, yes, the Isra of Tchumen is determined by ownership. And therefore, it's also determined by the ownership of this salt or water that you borrowed. However, the ownership of here that we're using for Erev Tchumen is not a matter of monetary loss. It's not relevant to anyone that's claiming this money right now. You're going to pay back that money after Yontif. But right now what's relevant is that this ownership is going to determine the Eid of Tchumen. So in such a case, when we're dealing with ownership, but the issue is not monetary loss, maybe over here there is a concept of Bittl Beroiv even regarding ownership, even regarding monetary ownership. And therefore the, the question of the Chachamim was a good question. That in our Mishnah, the salt and the water should be bottled in the dough. Even regarding ownership, you should say the concept of Bittl Beroiv. That's a biased question here. Amalei, so Rav Safra disagrees with this. And Rav Safra here will say that no, when it comes to the concept of Bittl Beroiv, ownership doesn't matter whatsoever. It doesn't matter if there is a claim, if there's no claim, there is no such a thing as, bit, as ownership being relevant when it comes to Bittl Beroiv. Ownership plays no role b'chlal. And he brings in the following proof. According to your reasoning, that there is relevance to ownership when it comes to Bittl Beroiv. I could apply Bittl Beroiv to ownership. If so, this that Rav Chista said. Now, the Gemara here is going to bring a very specific example of Bittl Beroiv. And the Rishayim discuss why the Gemara chooses specifically this example. Maybe I'll explain soon. But basically, the Gemara is going to bring in a, a, a one example of Bittl Beroiv, and Rav Safra will make the point that when it comes to Bittl Beroiv, we apply Bittl Beroiv by Isser regardless of ownership status. Ownership doesn't make whatsoever any difference. But as I said, the Gemara brings up a very specific example. So let's see what this example is. Nevela Betela Bishchuta. Nevela meat, which is of course meat that was not shechted properly, 
So that Nevela meat becomes bottled to Shchuta. So there's a few things to be said here to understand what the Gemara is saying. First of all, this Gemara is going according to the opinion of Rav Yehuda, which we quoted before, that says that by a Min B'minai, there's no Bittl B'raiv. There's only Bittl B'raiv if it's Min B'she'ena Minai, two different types. Okay, so now when it comes to Nevela and Shchuta, are these both the same type or are they not the same type? So the Gemara will explain here, it depends if the Nevela fell into the Shchuta or the Shchuta falls into the Nevela. That's one point, one introduction here. Another point of introduction is that when the Gemara here speaks about this Nevela and Shchuta, we're only speaking about the Bittl Bereiv of the Nevela and Shchuta as it relates to the Halachas of Tumah and Tara. We're not speaking about whether you would be allowed to eat it or not. But we're speaking about the halacha of tumah and tara. Meat that was shechted properly is not, does not give off any tumah. Meat that's nevela is a ava tumah. It gives off tumah. So the discussion of the bitl over here is regarding the tumah. So now, the Gemara says, Rav Chista said, according to Rav Yehuda, Nevela betela b'shchuta. Nevela meat will become bottled to the shchuta meat. If Nevela meat fell into shchuta meat, we consider the shchuta meat to be a different min. And again, according to Rav Yehuda, the rule is, as long as what it fell into is a different min, it becomes bottled. So the shchuta meat is a different, meat, is a different min. Why is it a different mean? There's never a possibility that this shchuta meat should become a nevela. So it's a different min. Not even potentially could it ever become like the nevela. Once it was shechted, it's never going to be something that's metame, like nevela, which is metame. So therefore it becomes bottle in the shchuta meat and it will not uh, be metame. However, if what happens is if the reverse, reverse happens, shchuta eina betela benevela. If the shchuta meat is what fell into the nevela meat, so then what do I say? That the shchuta that fell into the nevela, the nevela is considered to be the same min as the shchuta. The shchuta now fell into nevela, which is the same min. Aye, it's not. So the Gemara explains, Rav Chista says, lefisha efsher lenevela shetiyasa shchuta. As far as the halacha of Tum is concerned, it is possible for a nevela to become a shchuta. How is a nevela becoming a shchuta when it comes to the halacha of Tum? So Rashi here brings the halacha when it comes to nevela meat is that it only is metame when it's roi lachila, if it's fit for eating. If it's not roi lachila, it's not metame anymore. If it totally spoils, you learn it from a pasik, that only then is it. Uh, Metame. But if it's not roi lachile, it's not metame. Okay? So therefore, when the nevela meat falls into the... Uh, when the shchuta meat, that is. When the shchuta meat falls into the uh, nevela... Uh, again, let me see uh, the Lashon of the Gemara here inside. Again, shchuta ain't a betela benevela. Again, when the shchuta meat falls into the nevela meat, so then it will not be bottled. Why? Because potentially this nevela meat could have the same status as the shchuta meat if it will become spoiled, and then it will not be metame, just like the shchuta meat is not metame. So even if something just potentially could become similar to the other min that falls into it, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that's going to be considered min b'minoi, and it will not be bottled. So therefore, in such a case, that it's going to be a suffix tumah. 
because once the shechuta fell in, it's not bottle. So this will be suffik tumah. And Rashi brings what an afkemina, whether it's vaday tumah or suffik tumah, benigayet to uh, the halacha of truma. Okay, I'm not. Gonna, it's not relevant to all edichas here now. But the point is that it does not become bottle. Okay, so this is an example of bittel beroiv that the Gemara brings up over here according to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. So now, uh, Rav Safra continues and explains that, so hachanami, over here in this case, are you going to argue and say, that over here, even in a case where it's min b'she'ena mina, and it should become bottle, right? in the case where the shechuta meat, or where the nevela meat that is, fell into the shechuta meat, so it's min b'she'ena mina. And therefore, it should be bottle. You're going to argue now that if the Nevelimir has one owner and the Shchutimir has a different owner, so not just because there's different ownership, so therefore there's no din of Bittl Bereiv anymore because it's a different owner? Of course, you can't say that. The concept, what Rav Safra is trying to prove is that when it comes to the subject of Bittl Bereiv, the concept of Bittl Bereiv was learned in the Teda and said specifically for Isr Veheta. The, the, the relevance of ownership doesn't come in Bechla. Who's the, who the owner over here is, is not going to change anything. So over here in this case, if the Nevele meat is owned by one person and the Shechuta meat is owned by another person, that's not going to change whether you say Bittl Bereiv or not. If they're owned by the same person or by two different people, the Bittl Bereiv is going to be the same. If it's Mim B'minoi, it's it's, it, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not Bittl Bereiv. If it's not Mim B'minoi, it is Bittl Bereiv. So the ownership does not matter. Not, a, not like Abaye said. Abaye came and said that when it comes to ownership, you do apply the concept of Bittl Bereif. And ownership does matter. Only time I say that by ownership I can't say Bittl Bereif is when the, you're taking away money from someone. But if you're not taking away money from someone, then ownership does matter by Bittl Bereif. So what Rav Safra is saying is, over here when it comes to the din of Issa I see that ownership is irrelevant, doesn't play a role whatsoever when it comes to Bittl Bereif. If so, coming back to our Mishnah, when our Mishnah is discussing a matter which is actually only about ownership, it's not a matter of Issa it's only a matter of ownership. So over here, the concept of Bittl Bereif was not said regarding ownership. Just like by Isser, where there is a concept of Bittl Bereiv, ownership is irrelevant to that, to that concept of Bittl Bereiv. Ownership doesn't change whether it is bottle or is not bottle. When it comes to a case where I'm talking about ownership, which is what Tchumen is, it's the ownership that determines the aid of Tchumen, the, the Tchum, the tchum uh, not the aid of Tchumen, but the Tchum of the Yantif. So over here, for sure, the same thing. The concept of bittel b'rayv does not apply to ownership whatsoever. And it doesn't matter if there's someone that's, that's losing money out of this or is not losing money out of it. There's no Indian of bittel b'rayv regarding ownership. That's what Rav Safra is trying to prove out of all of this. Now, why the Gemara brings up specifically this example of the Indian of Tomeh regarding the Velamit and Shechutamit? So the Rishayinim say because... By the Nevela and Shechuta, where it's Tumah, Tumah has a very powerful Kayach. The moment you touch Tumah, it affects what touches it. So I would think maybe over here, there shouldn't, shouldn't be the concept of Bittl Beroiv because of the Kayach of the Tumah. And therefore, there would be a similar Svara Benigeya to uh, the, the salt or the Tavlin that it's speaking about in our Mishnah, which also adds a taste and has a certain Kayach that it affects the entire ingredients. So that's the comparison of this case of the Tumah and the case of our Mishnah, which is speaking about salt and uh, 
and the spices that have also an effect on the entire ingredients. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Rav Safra asks on Abai even more. Now, even if you're going to argue and say that no ownership is 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 relevant over here, that that uh, really there is bitlberoiv regarding ownership. That is, and the only time there's no bitlberoiv regarding ownership is if there's someone that has some monetary loss. But otherwise, there is bitlberoiv when it comes to ownership. So the Gemara says, no, but over here, when it comes to Eid of Tchumen, it anyways doesn't matter. For a different reason. And the Gemara explains, because we learned in Abraise, Rabbi Yechenen ben Nuri said the following regarding Eid of Tchumen. When you have an object that's totally Hefker, and it's at the beginning of Shabbos or Yontiv, is found in a certain place, ownerless. Kainen Shvisa, it it establishes its Shvisa in that place, and now on Shabbos or Yontif, if anyone wants to take this object on Yontif and he wants to take this object to any place, he could only take it as far as the Tchum of this object was in that place. Even though when Shabbos and Yontif came in, it was ownerless. So what established its Tchum? But nevertheless, Rabbi Yechen and Benuri is Mechadish that we consider it as if it had ownership to it. So even though it has no ownership to it, we treat it as if it had an owner to it when Yontif and Shabbos and Yontif came in, and therefore it, it has a status of a tchum in the place that it is. So this is a unique chiddush regarding Eid of Tchum, that even though it has no owner, and Lechayda, the whole entire concept of Tchum is established by an owner, but nevertheless, even without an owner, we consider it as if it had an owner in that spot, and therefore it establishes its Tchum in that area. So therefore, what Rav Safra is telling Abaye is that over here, in our Mishnah, even if you're going to say that over here, there's nobody that's claiming this, and therefore there's nobody, that this ownership doesn't matter to anybody, so let's make believe as if nobody own, owns this salt and water that was added to the ingredients. And now let's just look at the Isser. Look at the Isser of Tchumen and therefore let's say that it should be bottle Biroiv Mitzah the Isser. But it's not so. When it comes to Tchumen and I see that Rabbi Yechenin ben Nuri says that even something that has no ownership whatsoever, but nevertheless we consider it as if it has ownership to it. So therefore we should say the same thing regarding this salt and this water that's being added to the ingredients over here, that even though you might say that it doesn't matter to anybody else about this salt and water was mixed now into this ingredients of this dough and it only matters to this person now that wants to take it to the place they want to go. But the original owner that owns this salt and water that you borrowed it from, their ownership should matter and should determine this status of the tchum, of the, of the dough that you mix their ingredients into. And really, it's, it's, it's sort of a kavachaymer. If when it comes to an item which is hefker, I mean, Taisus really makes this point that uh, you sort of have to say that it's a kavachaymer because the Gemara here brings the statement from Rabbi Yechenin ben Nuri, and we don't even pass like Rabbi Yechenin ben Nuri, the Chachamim disagree with Rabbi Yechenin ben Nuri. But the point is, if Rabbi Yechenin ben Nuri was saying that when it comes to an object which is hefker, and therefore, this object, and, and nevertheless, even this object that's hefker, we say 
that it's as if somebody owns it right now and it establishes the Tchum in the spot where this object of Hefker is, how much more so when it comes to this salt and water, which is not totally Hefker, it was borrowed from somebody. So it makes sense to say that even though you're not, no one's claiming this money, you're not stealing money from anyone, but there's someone that you're borrowing this from. There's an owner that this is coming from. So for sure, you can't say that it's insignificant. And when Shabbos and Yontif here came in, there was someone that owned this. And even if now you're going to say that their ownership doesn't matter because you don't really have a claim over it, but it should be strong enough that it should not become bottle bereaved as if there's someone that's claiming it, as if there's someone that wants to take it. Just like we say regarding Hefker, that we treat it as if someone owns it and that establishes the Tchum. How much more so over here regarding the salt and the water that's actually owned by someone and you borrowed it here on Yontif, for sure this tchum should be established not only according to the ingredients of the dough but also according to the ingredients of this salt and water that's in the, inside the dough. How could it become bottle beroiv? That's the point that Rav Safra is asking. Okay, so now after this entire discussion, so Rav Safra disproved the point of Abaye, Abaye comes back and says, you know, I really disagree to the entire premise of this whole thing. We're discussing Eid of Tchumen with the premise of that this is an issue of ownership. And we're discussing whether Bittl Beroiv applies to ownership or it does not apply to ownership. But really, Abaye now comes and says, this is not an issue of ownership whatsoever. Omalei, so Abaye says, Mi kamedames isure lememayna. Why are you at all comparing an issue of Bittl Beroiv regarding Isser to an issue of Bittl Beroiv regarding money? Isura bottle, when it comes to an Isser, there there's Bittl Beroiv. Memayna lay bottle. When it comes to a matter of money, there's no such a thing as Bittl Beroiv. It's two totally different things. So therefore, after all of this, what Abaye in essence is saying is, even if it's true that the aid of Tchumen is determined by ownership, yeah, it's determined by the ownership. But what's the actual halacha that this applies to? To the Isser of walking out of the Tchum. So it doesn't, it, we're not discussing the rights of, of the owner that he has to the object. That's not the, the discussion. The ownership, the actual ownership itself is not relevant. The ownership will determine the Tchum. But the actual halacha that it matters to us is, is the Isser of Tchumen. So in the end of the day, what Abai is saying is this is a subject of Isser. The fact that the Isser is determined by ownership doesn't make a difference. In the end of the day, the actual Psaq Allah we're dealing with is the Isser of Tchumen. If so, in the end of the day, this is a matter of Isser. And therefore the halacha of Bittl Beraif should apply. And therefore the question of the Chachamim regarding our Mishnah, why Bittl Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael, all those group of Chachamim that were there, why Bittl Beraif doesn't apply there is a valid question. And Rab Abba's answer that this is a question of ownership and therefore Bittl Beraif doesn't apply is incorrect, Abai says. Over here in the end of the day, this is an issue of Isra. So therefore, after all of this, the question of the Chachamim is a valid question. So the Gemara therefore says, So what in fact is the reason why it's not bottle Beroiv? Abaye Omar, so Abaye says, Gzeire shemetase isse Over here, there's a Gzeire Chazal. True, 
Minatayr it should be bottle b'rayv because it is a matter of iser. But the gzayr of Chazal is in this case if you're going to say bittel b'rayv because you mix the minority of ingredients, a woman might think that if she's going to need a dove with her friend b'shutvis, that in such a case also maybe each one could take it to their own tchum, just like in the case in another case we said bittel b'rayv and I was able to take it to my tchum. She'll think that she could take her part to wherever she wants to go, and you can't because there it's mamish a partnership. So this is the gzayr of Chazal. Rava Rava says, and then as Rashi explains, Rava is not arguing. Abaye's answer explained regarding the salt and the water, and Rava is giving a reason that applies to the mixture of spices into the food that was being cooked in a pot. Tavlin, when it comes to ingredient, when it comes to spices, so over here there's no din of bittel because letaima avidi, the spices is made to give taste to the entire food. The timely bottle, something that's made to give taste to the entire food, has, has a significance, has a chshivis, and therefore it's not going to be bottle. Ravashi Ravashi gives a third answer. Over here, there's no bittle b'roiv, mishum dovar matirin, because this is something which is a dovar sheyashle matirin. If you can't take it to this location out of the tchum, out of your tchum today, you can take it there tomorrow. The whole concept of tchum is only on yontif. So this is a dovar sheyashle matirin, as we learned already in the first pedic. By a matirin, there is no concept of bittel b'rayv, and therefore bittel b'rayv cannot apply over here.